0: Hey, look, we're in James again. Uh, I want to preface this by saying, make sure you understand we're walking through the book of James. So if you show up and go, man, why is he he talking to us about that? Does he think we're, no, we're walking through scripture together, okay? I need to make sure we cover that first because, um, uh, but here's what I found out. If I'm reading it in the Bible, it's applicable to my life. Now, you may not have a big issue with what we're getting ready to talk about today, but you can encourage somebody. We we, we could still work together to be a better church. Amen. And so um, I just want you to know that up front, uh, because some of you may not, it's it's realistic that some of you walking in here don't have a problem uh, with what you say. No, no, that's not even possible. Never mind. (laughs) We're going to cover it today, though. James likes to kind of weave things, and so while he's mentioned this before about being able to control our tongues, he's going to dig into it at the beginning of chapter 3. Are you ready? Okay, we're going to stand for the reading of the word. We're going to honor that, and that'll be the last time I ask you to stand until the end. James chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to also bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a small rudder member, yet it boasts of great things. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pod yield fresh water. Father, we thank you today for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you forgive, that you give us opportunity after opportunity, and you're doing that here today. You're you're leaning into us one more time. We pray, Lord, that as we look into your word together, it would change us, and the church would be better because we were together today. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen and amen you may be seated we 're in the fifth installment of this sermon series back in the second sermon that I had preached uh, you get a feel for james's idea about what we say and his opinion of it and what what God is asking us to do as far as our words. And so he starts out uh, in the first chapter of James, he kind of mentions it. And then by the third chapter, he's going he's to dig into it. He starts this out in a negative context. Now remember, he's dealing with the church, just like last week. He starts out, the, he starts out this segment of thought, my brother's. He's he's, uh, he's going. Okay, this is inside the church. We're having an in church meeting, my brothers. He says not many of you should be teachers. Now, what he doesn't say, he doesn't say not uh, all of you are smart enough to be teachers. He didn't say that. He doesn't say not uh, there's not many of you speak well enough to be teachers. Like as far as how you pronounce words or your charisma in front of people. He's not addressing that. He says not many of you should be teachers for this reason. Because there's going to be a higher standard of judgment. Anybody ever thought about that? A higher standard of judgment for people who teach. Now he starts off there, but then he immediately starts to talk about what you say. So he says, there's going to be a higher standard of judgment if you're a teacher because of what you are saying. Because of what you are saying. And in the rest of this section, he's talking about how dangerous the tongue is. We know how dangerous the tongue is. Anybody remember the term, a tongue lashing? So he starts out, not many should do it. He says, we're going to be judged with greater strictness. So what you have to understand is in the church at that point in time, um, can I just be transparent with you? When you're standing up on a stage and you've got a bunch of people listening to you and you're the center of attention, it's intoxicating. It is. Everybody wants to have a, have a, have a platform to speak from and have people listen to them. It was the same thing back then. James was dealing with people in the church that wanted to rise up to, a, to the level of teacher because it had position and it had some prestige to it. And, oh, you're a teacher. And so he's saying, he's saying, hey, be careful with that. Be careful wanting to rise up to that position because what you say impacts people and you're going to be judged more strictly just, just by definition of you being a teacher, by definition of you having followers you're going to be judged different from everybody else because there's a, there's a weight and responsibility that comes with a platform. So James says, if you are a teacher, there's a responsibility that comes with being a teacher that is going to cause you to be judged differently. So he says, be careful. Not everybody should be doing this, and the reason he said they weren't ready to navigate that responsibility. He was basing that on what they had already said. Now again, he didn't say, hey, you can't be a teacher because you stutter. Didn't say that. He didn't say you can't be a teacher because because you're not a very good communicator. He didn't say that. He didn't say you couldn't be a teacher because you didn't have enough education. He didn't say that. He said, I've heard what you have been saying, and you better be careful leading people with that. So then he's gonna, then he's gonna go down through and cover the rest of it. He's saying there's people in the church that want to rise to the level of teacher for the prestige and position. First Timothy, Paul's writing his first letter to Timothy and The first chapter in verse 5 he says certain persons by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things by which they make confident assertions. He's saying they're just kind of spewing off at the mouth about all kinds of stuff they don't know anything about. And that's dangerous when you call yourself a teacher. I'm going to talk to you a little bit this morning about the weight of having followers. Uh, anybody um, Anybody Remember being in school before computers Could you, could you just raise your hand Anybody Remember b- being in school before computers I remember being in school Before there was a computer in the classroom I remember that Anybody remember when the teacher had to be In the classroom with you Remember that Remember 2019 <laughs> So long ago It was so crazy 2019 It was like I don't know Like 6, eight, ten months ago And um And remember when a kid would sit in a classroom and there would be a physical teacher in the classroom with (laughs) him? Crazy. So rewind a couple thousand years, that's the way you did it. There was no distance learning. People would write letters, but it would take forever to deliver them. It's not like there was this like, oh, I heard Jesus is going to be in the area, but I'm so busy, I'll just go on the Zoom. Or Jesus' is live uh, broadcasting on YouTube. I'll just check him out. The definition of teacher meant there was people in your presence listening to you. Jesus was a rabbi. Jesus had disciples. What was the defin what what, what defined them as disciples? They were following him around everywhere he went. He had follow He had real followers. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. Followers, by definition, were actually, actually started out as people who actually followed you around. If you read Jesus, if you read the Gospels, these people left. Jesus, Peter's on the sea fishing. Drop your nets and come follow me. You mean like quit my job? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to teach you. All right. Today we would say, hey, could I do it in the evenings? Could I, could I get an online degree in the evenings following you? So by definition, there was a weight and responsibility for Jesus because there were physical people following him around all the time. All the time. How many of you know it's easy to be a different person on a Zoom call than it is in real life? Hmm. So, um, so James is talking about the weight of having followers. He said, if you're going to have people sit in front of you and you're going to say something to them, you have to be in control of what you're saying. Now, I think we've lost that weight in 2020. I think we've lost the weight. And, 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 and I know all the reasons we're doing, we're doing distance learning. I'm, don't, don't make this a don't make this a judgment about distance learning. I'm not, I understand where we are. But, but here's the issue. I, I, I can turn my camera off and act like a fool and the teacher can't reprimand me. Amen? When I was in school, you could only act like a fool just a teeny bit because you were sitting in front of the teacher. Amen? And teachers back then still yelled at you. I'm sort of glad they did. Yeah, those bad kids I sat beside. (laughs) I think the weight has gone from having followers. After all, 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking the earth, a follower for him meant people following him physically. Today, a follower is somebody you don't know on Instagram. There's no weight to that. There's no weight to a follower on Twitter. There's no weight to a follower or or a friend on Facebook. There's no weight to that. There's no responsibility. There's no bearing. There's no like, oh, I've got, I've got a million Twitter followers and now I've got to, I've got to be responsible for what I'm saying. There's no weight They could come and they could go. It doesn't matter. By definition, when Jesus was a teacher, if nobody was following him, guess what title left? Teacher. Because because it meant if he was teaching, somebody was listening. Amen? Now all that seems to be weightless. It seems to be almost worthless. It seems... Now, I, I... I, um, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little confused about the social media thing. I, I tried for a while. I, I probably haven't posted on social media in, I don't know, four or five months. And guess what? I'm fine. It's like weird. I think I've lost a little weight. I think I've, I think my blood pressure's lower. I think, I think I'm fine. I think I'm actually might be better. I think I might be better. It's crazy. It's crazy. I thought at one time you had to do that to be a responsible person in your society. You had to, to be a responsible pastor. You've got to have an online presence. You've Got to be able to tweet something out. So there was one time where I was trying to be pretty habitual about it. And, uh, I told my kids one time, matter of fact, I think I pleaded with some of you to help me. I was trying to get over 400 followers on Instagram. I knew I'd be famous. To which my kids um, brutally brought me to the reality that they knew kids in elementary school that had 400 followers on Instagram. And, And I was like, oh, okay. Just let your dad have a moment. I think I'm still like 396 or something. Please, can anybody help I promise you I won't fill up your inbox. That's not going to happen. We have to shift this argument a little bit to modernize it. Because there that there wasn't James couldn't even imagine what we're able to do now. He couldn't imagine a time where Students don't have to be in a classroom. He couldn't imagine a time where he could reach millions of people without standing in front of them. He couldn't imagine a time that we have like we have today. And so, so James deals with the tongue alone. I think we could translate everything he says into our thumbs. I think now, now we would be doing a disservice if we only talked about what we say and not what we type. Because for a lot of people, they type more than they actually talk. And we are full of guts when we type. You ever found that out? Like, oh, you're brave. You're brave on that Facebook little thing. And we can have a split personality where we're super nice in front of people, but vicious online. James is going to cover that. So we have to understand that whether it's in person or online, we have to calculate the weight of having people listen to us. We have to to calculate what we're saying and how we're saying it. James, James is talking to us here saying, hey, if this little thing in your mouth, it can be the most dangerous thing you've ever messed with. And at the same time, in modern technology, these two little things on your hands called thumbs, the things that separate us from so many other animals, aren't you glad you're not a cat for a whole bunch of reasons? He says, be careful with people following you because there's weight to it. You're going to be judged differently. Don't just don't just want a whole bunch of followers. Because the responsibility for people listening to you is great. The responsibility for people listening to what you're saying is more than what you what you think it is. And now not only now not only do we want people to listen, it's, it's about monetizing them listening. Like, how can I make money off them listening to me? And so we we, we just type it, type it, type it, type, and type not carrying the weight of actually what we're doing. So he goes in this whole section about little things can affect big things. Little things affect big things. He says, he says you put a bit in a horse's mouth, don't you? Now i got to be honest with you, my, my daughter's ridden horses since she was, what, 11? Somewhere around there? Yeah, I'm not a fan. They're big and they have hooves. And when they kick humans, bad things happen. Amen? It's just physics. A thousand pound horse, 200 pound guy. His feet are really hard. Mine are not. So I've, I've stood around and watched my daughter. I'll, I'll never forget it. We were at the horse farm. And I remember standing there like, she's probably 80 pounds at the time. And I'm like, you're dealing with that. I'm not getting close to that thing. And this thing's rearing up, and she's holding on to it. And I'm like, let go of the horse. Are you crazy? And she's like, you got to teach us who's boss. I'm like, you're 80 pounds. Horse isn't stupid. So she was able to control and all that stuff. And the way she was able to control the horse was by really little things. She she wasn't brutal with the horse, she wasn't matter of fact, now she can control a horse by putting pressure on it with her leg. Not not kicking it, not not yanking on the reins. She can get on a horse and not even pull on the reins and make the horse turn one way or the other. I'm so proud of her. I never want to get on a horse. I don't even want to learn how to do that. I don't care. I think you're fine, whatever, do it. But what I realized was really small things. Can affect really big things. She's still small. She's not very big. She's not a very big person, but she can get on top of an 1,100 pound horse and make that thing do whatever she wants it to do. Because really small things can affect really big things. He goes on to talk about a rudder on a ship, and if you look at a ship, anybody ever been on a cruise? Not recently, I understand. Um, <laughs> On a cruise, in comparison to the boat, the rudder is so small. I mean, it's almost insignificant, and yet the captain can be at the be, be at the front of the ship with the with the wheel and just turn it a little bit, and the sh- the whole ship obeys what he says, what he does. So James is trying to communicate to the church: this little thing in your mouth has the potential to steer unbelievable size things. He says it's got the power to do unbelievable things. Like you put a bit in a horse's mouth, you can make it go wherever it wants. You put a rudder on a ship, you can make it go wherever it wants. That tongue of yours can make things happen that you couldn't imagine. It can steer things. Little things can affect big things. James says... That he's measuring discipline in a person by what comes out of their mouth. Oh. He, he, he didn't even say he was watching what they were doing. He says, I can tell if a person's disciplined by if they can control what they say. He said, just like a bit controls a horse, which direction? Just like a rudder controls a ship, which direction? Your mouth controls how disciplined you are. He said, I can see it. I can, I, can, I can listen to the way you talk and tell whether you should be a teacher or not. I can listen to the way you talk and tell if you're disciplined. He said, if, you're just, if you can't control this, there's no chance in you controlling the rest of your body. Says so no chance in it. Proverbs 15.2 says, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. You have to remember, James is talking in the context of teachers and students. He's talking about the context of, of how we're teaching people, of what we're saying to people that are influential. What, what, are, uh, what we're saying matters to the people around you. Amen? If you got kids, what you tell them really matters. If you got kids, what you tell them really matters. Some of you are like, well, no, not really. I say the same thing every day. They never listen. I'll give you, for instance, on purpose, I never told my kids they could do whatever they wanted. It's not biblical. I never said, you can become anything you want to become. I'm 5'9". I'm not playing the NBA. My dad never told me that. I never told them they could become anything they want to become. I said, I tried to teach them that Paul said he... Presses on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of him. There was a reason God saved him. And so there was, a, there was a thing that God wanted him to become. And I would tell my kids, become the thing that God wants you to be. You can't be anything you want to be. Become the thing that God wants you to be. Amen? So what we say to them matters. What we say to people listening matters. That little thing in your mouth steers Your family, that little thing in your mouth, steers where you work. That little thing in your mouth steers your neighbors. And James starts saying, hey listen, that little teeny thing set a whole forest on fire. Little things affect big things. The responsibility of teaching is knowing that one word can change a student's course. You literally have the power of life and death in the words that we speak out of our mouths. James compares this to a small fire being set it being set and then it ignites a whole forest. A forest doesn't just engulf into flames all at the same time. Come on, haven't you listened to Smokey the Bear? Prevent forest fires. How's a forest fire started? One little strike of lightning. Somebody not putting out a cigarette, right? Somebody not putting out a campfire right. You don't wake up in 10,000 acres just waiting. No, it starts with one little thing. And now you might not be setting forest fires in national forests, but how many on Facebook have we set this week? One little comment. One little comment. You know what I uh, determined never to do? Read the comments. You want to lower your blood pressure? Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Here's my philosophy in life. Who cares? I don't read the comments. And my blood pressure is lower. Because I don't read the comments. He says the responsibility of teaching is knowing that one word can change the course. He compares it to a forest fire. Actually, he says that an undisciplined tongue is like a fire from hell. James isn't playing around here. He's saying, an undisciplined tongue is like a fire from hell. What is that? It's destructive, fast-moving. It's all-consuming. It's inconsiderate. A a forest fire never stopped at somebody's house and went, Hey, man, trying to figure out which one I'm going to burn down today. It doesn't care. As long as there's fuel, it's going to keep burning. Hey, do you you realize that a lot of the arguments you are in today are because you're pouring gas on it? (laughs) Oh, you're like, no, it's my husband. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if you take away the fuel, the fire stops. If you take away the fuel, why do you think they fight forest fires by burning down certain sections? If you can control what you, if you eliminate the fuel before the big fire gets there, the whole fire stops. So a lot of our society's ills can can be solved if we just be quiet a little bit. The argument would stop if there's nobody to argue with. Amen? I'm not saying we can't come to a solution at some point in time and have a discussion, but as long as it's as hot as it is, everything gets burned up. You know what the best thing you could do if you're arguing with your spouse sometimes Let me preface it by saying this I know you're right I know you're the one that's right Because you're always right You're you're the one that's always right I know I'm always right I feel your pain But even if you're right I've had to tell this to my kids sometimes I've had to tell this to other people Even if you're right The best thing you can do sometimes Is just be quiet Even if you're right Because you know what? I know that there's a fire burning. And even if I'm right, I could be just pouring gas on it. And James says, if you're a teacher, you have to know how to do that. You have to know how to control it. Sometimes, even if you're right, you have to be quiet. Amen. He's making the case that we would consider the ramifications of what we say and how it affects others. Are you trying to bless people or start a fire? So Paul instructs the Philippians in his letter to them the same way in Philippians chapter 2. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Now, we, we don't really apply this to the way we talk a lot of times. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That would change what we post on Facebook sometimes, wouldn't it? Before you write anything or say anything, why don't you just put Philippians 2.3 right up in front of your face? count others more significant than yourselves. And then say, God, I pray that you bless what I'm getting ready to write. And then, and then if you can still type it out, you dirty, rotten, count others more significant than yourselves. Paul, Paul is saying, hey, every, if, if it's going to come out of your mouth, It better be counting people more significant. Either you're blessing people or starting a fire. You can't do both. And and what James has already said is a forest fire always starts from that little spark. A ship is always steered by a little rudder. A horse is always moved by a bit in the mouth. People are always blessed or cursed by what we say and now what we type. So James is saying little things can affect big things. All right, here's here's where he moves with this. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I can't do this alone. Go ahead and tell him. Say I can't do this alone. Now tell him, I'm not necessarily asking for your opinion yet, but I can't do it by myself. Just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. I can hear it now. I've been telling you, you need to shut your mouth the last 15 years. You can't do this by yourself. Watch how James turns this conversation. Even even thousands of years ago, he says this, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. I thought it was funny that he would say that. I thought it was funny that he would say Hey, man, we've tamed everything on the earth. Like Ringling Brothers back in a couple thousand years ago, like lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. He said, we've tamed everything. Every animal, we've tamed lions. We've tamed elephants. We've tamed horses. We've tamed dogs. And for some sick people, tamed cats. And and we've done all this. Human beings have been able to tame every other animal that has ever walked the planet. We have been good at that. But he says there's one little thing that we've never been able to get control of by ourselves. Isn't that crazy? You could take a wild mustang and get that thing to do whatever you want, but he says no one has been able to tame their tongue. Can you? That's a big picture he's painting there no one has been able to tame their tongue so so what do we do he says he keeps talking there and he says but no human being can tame the tongue as a restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our lord and father and with it we curse the people made in the likeness of god From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So here's what James digs into. He says, you can't do this by yourself. Let me prove it to you. Watch this. Whatever you're plugged into is what's going to end up coming out. So he starts to get to the root of the whole deal. Can you get from a spring, can you get fresh water and salt water? I drive down 522 in Berkeley Springs all the time. And when you get past uh, the town of Berkeley Springs, there's always that on the right side of 522, there's always that pipe that's sticking up out. I don't know whose property that is, but there's water pouring out of that thing all the time. And and you could go get water out of it. You can go downtown Berkeley Springs, get water out of the springs. Nobody has ever went down there and said, Man, this water is salty today. Wow. Why? Because it's a freshwater spring. James makes a common sense point. He said, You can't give fresh water out of a spring one day, They come back and be salt water the next. Doesn't even make sense. It's not even possible. Because he said the source is fresh water. So if the source is always fresh water, it can't put out fresh water and salt water. Doesn't make any sense. Follow the logic. He says, if the source, if the, if the DNA, if the, if the makeup of the tree is a fig tree, that's what it's going to make is figs. It can't produce olives as well. A grapevine can't produce anything but grapes. You following the logic? So then you go back to what he said. He said, how can the church curse people and bless them at the same time? Must be something wrong with where they're plugged into. He said, you can't tame this thing by yourself. You have to be plugged in to the right source. And John John records Jesus saying this very thing. Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. As long as you're plugged into me, you'll be able to produce good fruit. But when you stop being plugged into me, he said, you can't accomplish anything apart from me. Jesus has this whole speech about the vine and the branches, how 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 they work and where the substance comes from and where the nutrients comes from. And he says, if you're not plugged into the vine, you cannot produce good fruit. James says, this weird phenomenon is going on in the church where we're cursing people made in the image of God. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Hey, you know what I was thinking? I just have a really little honest conversation here right now. I was thinking that maybe people that disagreed with you politically might still be made in the image of God. I know that's crazy. It's crazy to think that that it might not be true, but we're going to go with it today. You know, people that raise their kids differently than you are still made in the image of God. Can you believe those little brats? You, you know, you know your neighbor that never mows their grass. Them too, made in the image of God. You, you know the neighbor whose son comes home at midnight with the bass in his car. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry if you live beside me. Um, you know that whole family was made in the image of God. Did you realize that? If they never walk into this church, if they never, if they don't come to Christ until they're on their deathbed does not change the fact that they were made in the image of God. James just spins on them and he says, listen, brothers, don't, don't be, don't be so fast to be teachers because listen, I've heard what you said. You are able to curse people. That are made in the image of God, not necessarily church people, and then bless people at the same time. How does that happen? I've never seen a fig tree. I- I've never seen a fig tree produce olives, and yet here you are trying to branch out into both sides. You're trying to you're trying to expect me to believe you're plugged into the right source, and you're cursing and blessing at the same time. You're expecting me to believe you can walk in the church on Sunday morning and lift your hands and worship and speak blessings to people and then walk out Monday night and rip somebody up on Facebook. You're expecting me to believe that. He says, I think there's a problem with the source, where you're getting your source from. He says, you can't do this by yourself. If you try to do this by yourself, you're going to be schizophrenic. You're going to be blessing one one moment and as soon as opportunity comes, curse in another moment. You can't do this by yourself. That's why John also records Jesus as being the counselor, as the Holy Spirit being the counselor that's coming. Don't raise your hand, but any of you had counseling? I've had some counseling. You know what counseling is? You telling somebody what you're doing and somebody else telling you what you should be doing. (laughs) just boil it down. It may take two years to get it out, but that's what, that's what they're going to do. God has given us the Holy spirit to counsel us. He's given us the whole counsel of scripture to counsel us. So before you type the text, before you type Facebook message, before you type it on Twitter, before you type Instagram, before you do all that stuff, before you call somebody with the intention of ripping them apart, make sure before you send the email, why don't you check with the counselor? James already said you couldn't do it by yourself. He said you, you might have you taught your cat to pee in the litter box, but you ain't going to be able to do this by yourself. He said, check with the counselor before you say something. The Holy Spirit will let you know whether it's the right thing to say or not. Amen? Amen. On your way home for work, before you send the text message to your spouse. Mm. Come on, somebody say amen. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit if it's a good idea? Can I also tell you this is a really good reason to memorize scripture? Really good reason to memorize scripture. So instead of sending a hateful text, why don't you just send a a verse? Here's something else I found. Um, God has also sent us people. Realize Proverbs says there's wisdom in the counsel of many. There's wisdom in the counsel of many. I know you're smart. You're self made, gonna do it on your own. Your ideas are great. Here's what I found out there's people older than me that have kept me from doing really dumb stuff in saying really dumb stuff. I'll give you, for instance, not specifically obvious. I'll give you this for instance. I have a certain way of thinking, I have a certain way of processing things and, and, I, and I will in myself, my wife will tell you, in myself I will, I will just, just I'll read and read and read and I'll just regurgitate it and I'll be like but I don't go out of the house with that until I sit people down in front of me that I trust because I can't afford to do that here. Because there's a wait here. Amen? Can't afford to do it on Twitter because there's a wait. So what I'll do, and he'll be watching this, there's a, there's a guy that I call. There's a couple guys that I call. One of them is Pastor Don. I've had him uh, a couple weeks ago. I had him down in, the, in, the, um, in our conference room downstairs. And I, and I said, hey, you got a second to talk to me? He said, Yeah. So he sat down, and I went, blah, 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 blah. and he just looked at me and said, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> and so for another 20 minutes, I went, blah, 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 blah. and he goes, uh, Chris, I just, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't say that. And I probably said a couple times, you know I'm right. And he said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I would feel bad for you if you did that. <laughs> I'd feel bad for you if you said that. I'd feel, that wouldn't be a good move. I called another friend of mine and did the same thing on the phone. You know what he told me? I wouldn't do that. You know what I did? I didn't do that. I didn't say it. I didn't do it. I didn't say it. You know why I didn't do it and I didn't say it? Not because of me, but because, the, because God put enough wisdom around me to keep me from being an idiot if I would tap into it. Because I'm going to tell you something. When James says, you can't control your tongue, he was looking at me. He was looking at me. So here's what I want you to know. You're full of a group of people that can help you. The Holy Spirit has written it down, can help you. It says he can actively in your prayer life counsel you. Before you type it out, before you say it, before you fly off the handle, he said, "Listen, if you've got people following you, there's a weight in what you say. There's consequences to what we say, and he said it can be life or death. And so my my vision for this church is that life would spring up out of it, that we'd be plugged into the source. That as Jesus said, we're the branches; he's the vine. We're plugged in, so." Do you remember Jesus said this? I don't say anything I don't see my father say. Amen. Boy, I bet you some of you wish you kids would, 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 would hold on to that philosophy. Shut your mouth. I haven't told you to say anything. Jesus said, I only do what I see the father do. I only say what I see, hear the father say. What if the church operated like that? What if in the most heated of times the church blessed people? What if we looked at everybody like they were made in the image of God and we just said, you know what, man, you don't agree with anything I believe in, but I'm going to bless you. Because here's what I realized. Blessing and cursing can't come out of the same source. I'm plugged into the vine. And before I type it and before I say it, I'm going to make sure it's coming from the right source. So I'm asking you today, I know. I know this is preaching to the choir. But maybe we could just be a little bit better at it. Maybe we could move the needle just a little bit. Maybe in this town, the rancor could calm down a little bit because peace flows out of a church. Because even if we're right, we know how to be quiet at the right time. And even if people disagree, we know how to bless people in the midst of disagreement. Even... Even when it seems like everything's on the line. Which, by the way, it's not the first time in America everything's been on the line. But I will say this. It's the first time in America that you'd have more access for people to listen to you than ever before. There's a weight that comes when you type. And there's a weight that comes when you talk. And James is saying, I need you to consider that. And now more than ever before, we're all teachers. And he's saying, carry the weight of being a teacher. And when you talk to somebody, speak life into them. Amen? Come on, don't you stand with me? I want to pray over you today. When you leave this building, you're going to have opportunities this week to speak life and death into people, to encourage or destroy, to comment or not. That is the question. So I'm praying that we'd walk away with the weight on our shoulders of the gospel. And that Jesus came so that none would perish, but everyone inherit eternal life. And if we filter what we say through that sentence alone, it might change the way we deal with people. Father, we ask you today to help us carry that weight. You sent your Holy Spirit to counsel us. You put other people around us, other smart people to help us. We pray, Lord, that in today's political climate, cultural climate, Lord, that like never before, the church would carry the weight of being teachers. Lord, that. we followers all over the place on social media we'd carry the weight of what we type Lord we pray that our speech and our words Lord would be glorifying to you and uplifting to the ones that hear it we pray Lord that the church would rise above the divisiveness we pray Lord that the church would rise above the chaos and we pray that we'd speak life to our country We pray, Lord, that as we are plugged into the vine, the branches will produce good fruit. We pray, Lord, that you change us first. Lord, that we be good teachers. And we thank you for every opportunity to do that this week. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, could you give him honor and praise this morning? He's good, amen. Hey, listen, encourage somebody as you leave. and We'll see you back here next week.